0: And we, Dalton, we are live, buddy. Thanks for uh, thanks for carving out some time in your busy evening and uh, making some time for the show. So I'm looking forward to having you on and uh, seeing what we can talk about today. So I'm stoked. Thanks, buddy. No problem, Glenn. I'm
1: looking forward to it. I, uh, I follow you on Instagram and I enjoy your dad jokes. So I feel like you got to drop one at some point before the end of the end of the
0: pod Ooh, here today. Pressure is on, eh? Oh man, I think doing that has been I've never gotten better feedback, but there's everything going on with politics and medical and what we can and shouldn't be saying. And so for me to just be like, hey, how do you throw a party in space? You plan it. And then people are just like, ah, thanks for brightening up my day. You're the man and stuff like that. You know, the usual stuff that's heard, I guess. So, yeah, I I appreciate
1: them, bro. I appreciate them.
0: That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So Dalton, so people kind of get to know you as we get into this. Take me through your transition, kind of leaving high school to kind of where we are now in your journey, and then we can start. We can go from there.
1: Yeah, throwing it back. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so leaving high school. So I would have graduated high school in 2011. Um, I'm from the Windsor I'm from the Windsor, Ontario area, a small town outside of Windsor called Harrow. Not a lot of people know where it is, so I always say Windsor. But uh, I uh, I went to high school at St. Thomasville, Nova, which isn't a small smaller town outside of Windsor. But when I when I left there, I I went uh, went on to pursue my undergraduate degree in kinesiology, uh, which definitely had a big impact on where I ended up with, like you know, my master's degree with my career. Um, so I <clears throat> I transitioned there, and at that point in my life. Uh, academics wasn't like top priority, like the top priority was probably playing football with the boys and then nice. heading into university. Um, I, I kind of figured it out and realized that I had to start putting some effort into to my academics if I wanted to pursue a, a career. career in uh, in physiotherapy, which is What I ended up doing after my undergraduate degree, um, you know, graduated there, went to London to do my master's at Western, which uh, was in physiotherapy, which was two years there. Um, And throughout that kind of process, I stopped playing football and transitioned more into focusing on like strength, conditioning, health, um, all that stuff, which is a lot of uh, a lot of what I do today.
0: Nice. So. Kind of, you are co-owner of Movement Physio, right? Like a sports, what I interpret it as a sports therapy place, like clinic.
1: Yeah, right? yeah. So yeah. I'm one of the, uh, I'm one of the two, so there's three of us. So there's yep. three co-owners of the the Movement uh, Physio and Performance. So yeah, we are, uh, we're a physiotherapy and health um company i guess you could say so so myself i'm a physiotherapist my two business partners are physios we also have like a dietitian on staff here we also have a massage therapist mm-hmm. um as well so we kind of have a full full spectrum of of people here and um yeah we definitely see athletes we definitely see people who play sports but you know we we see all ranges of people um yeah. essentially we're looking to work with people who value their health who are looking to Either overcome an injury that's keeping them from doing something meaningful, meaningful to them, or helping people get prepared to do activities such as running, lifting, right. living their life, whatever it is, to do that um, healthy in a healthy way.
0: Nice. So at what point kind of in your studies, we'll call it, did you kind of know that you wanted to run a practice? Or was that always something that your kind of career trajectory you knew that you were going to end up there?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. Um, it was nothing, it's not, you know, it wasn't on the radar exactly. Like I was always, I was never an entrepreneurial type person growing up. Um, like, you know, I don't have some like crazy story where like, Oh, I, I sat on the corner and, you know, sold lemonade for 25 cents. And then I flipped that into like, you know, my first baseball card or whatever. Um, but as I was going through, as I was going through university, specifically like uh, my master's, myself and my now one of my business partners, Will, we started to like realize that there was some gaps in the health space and more specifically the physio space that we thought like could it be done better or in, in maybe in a different way that weren't being done, and we're like, oh, okay, maybe this is something that we could we could fill, and so we started actually in in our uh, masters, we started an Instagram page called The Movement. Um, And we started posting content there. So we would post, we posted a piece of content every day for a year. So it was a goal that we set out to post on Instagram. And and we wanted it to be around, like, it started out as more, like, exercise-based, like, Stuff And then it kind of developed into just like different philosophies of like rehab and all that. And we started to grow, we started to grow a following and it kind of blew up a little bit more than we, we kind of anticipated. We started connecting with different people in the space and all that. And, and that really started to open my eyes to the opportunities of like doing something, you know, on my own or business wise at that yeah. time, we thought it was going to be more something like in the digital realm. Cause you know, we had a, we had a pretty decent following on Instagram. We were, you know, we do a podcast that we've been doing mm-hmm. since, uh, since we were in physio school. So it was kind of thinking it was going to be in digital, digital form, but, um, it ended up being more in the physical form. And that kind of just came out of not really having a place that, practiced or did the things the way that we want to do them. So we're like, all right, well, we'll just kind of create it. And that's kind of where the actual physical um, b- business came into play, I guess.
0: Right. What I'm curious about, you touched on it briefly at the beginning of that, but you said you guys started a space with the intent of you saw a lot of gaps in the health field and the health, health industry, what were some of them that you remember now that you could mention?
1: Yeah. And and I would say like, not necessarily, like, I think there's a, there's a lot of different areas of health that can get filled, but specifically yeah. um, in the physiotherapy space, what right. we were, what we thought that we could do, you know, better or start to emphasize more was, um, you know, exercise and education as the main portion of what people did yeah. um, in order to improve their injuries. So a lot of what physio can be sometimes and, and was maybe more in the past was this idea of like, okay, I'm going to come to physio and I'm going to get work done to me by my practitioner, whether it be like, you know, dry needling or hands-on or the ultrasound machine or all this, this kind of stuff, which there is some, there's some benefit to that. But what right. we were starting to realize is like, in order to really help people long-term we needed to help under help them understand what was going on with their injury how that they how they can modify or understand you know some of the things they're doing in their day-to-day that's contributing yeah. to that what exercises and behavior changes in their life can they make in order to like get true change um and and have that be done consistently over time so we started to emphasize those things more and and by no means did we create this like there's other people in the space that were doing this but we started to realize that it wasn't the norm um and we wanted to take that and execute on it and kind of help almost move the profession forward in a sense um to help just working with people the best that we could so that's definitely like kind of one area that that we noticed um we thought we could do well
0: yeah it seems to me that the physio and the health industry itself right now is very I could just be more prevalent to it now because of like the contacts and the friends and connections that I have are more so more often than not in that industry but it seems like it's been growing more a lot lately like it's taken a very very steep like everybody nowadays is like they're innovating there's so much going on there's so many new things and new techniques and tactics coming out and if you're aware of this, do you happen to know why or what you would attribute that to, like why there's such a growth or a spike? It seems.
1: Yeah, it's it's, it's hard because like I'm in it. I'm so in it, right? So like in terms of like the growth and stuff, I mean, I think definitely, what I would say is that more people are more people are valuing their health um, now than they did before, right? Like, right. you know, most people more people are now aware of like okay, I need to, I need to be active. I need to eat well. I need to get good rest. I need to take care of these injuries that I have. I can't just put them off. Like what I've started to see is people being actually more proactive, um, than reactive, which is, which is kind of cool because like, that's something that we really preach here is like, You know, you don't have to wait until you can't do something to seek help. It's like if you're starting to feel like, oh, this isn't going so well, or maybe I don't know how to get into running because I've never ran before. Well, you could come here and we can evaluate you and say, hey this is probably the, the, the best way for where you are now to think about entering into doing a 5K run, right? So yeah. I think people are just more proactive, um, which means they're seeking out more people that are going to provide them with a service. Right. Um, so I I definitely have seen that more consistently.
0: Is that not an amazing thing though?
1: How right? type, yeah. Like
0: you're able to kind of see... Everybody grow, and then the proactive approach that you mentioned. I, as soon as you said that, I was like, "Ah, oh, that's what it is." Because everybody now cares, and I don't know if it was due to the COVID thing or before that, even if you notice. But people, f- I found a friend of mine a while ago, about a year or two ago, said it really well. He said, "Fitness should be a lifestyle choice, not like should be a lifestyle. Like you should, everyone should just be trying. And then, if you want to focus on a skill to develop." in terms like you want to be really good at playing basketball or like you want to be an ultra marathon runner, like you can kind of pick and choose what to dive into. But I thought that I thought that's really interesting and that people are actually taking a step towards bettering themselves instead of waiting for oh my shoulder hurts. Now let's fix it. It's like, Ooh, I want to do this and then let's see what I need to do to get to my goals in the long run.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I think, I think COVID definitely played a role. Like, you know, people, either you know saw how important it was to be in good health like during the pandemic and or like have had more time to to be like oh dang I need to take care of some of this stuff right so I think that's definitely I think it's a shift in like the generations as well like I think it's something that you know I'm 28 right so I Mm -hmm. think like the younger generation, my age and even younger, uh, are, are now more aware of the importance of health. There's more information, there's more access to, to what the, the detriments of not taking care of your health can be, as opposed to maybe like what our parents had access to, right. We also have a little bit more freedom or have the opportunity to create more freedom in our life where, you know, maybe we're not doing a 12 hour labor job and we can have, you know, we have time to, to go and work out at the gym or, or whatever, like, yeah. obviously, there's still people that are doing that. But I think there's a lot of factors into why that's shifting, um, which I think is a good thing, man, I think that the healthier we are as a as a society, the more educated we are on this stuff, hmm. the better off, we're going to be
0: right, the more informed and the more, like you said, the proactive approach to and like people are not nowadays, they prioritize it, right? Like you're prioritizing more often than not, not just to say, going to the gym or whatever, but you're actively trying to get healthier, right? Like people are seeking out those nutritionists or their sport, the sports psychologists and stuff like that to understand more what they can do better. Cause we've been doing things for so long in a certain way, right? That it's not so much reinventing the wheel. It's just maybe adding grease to the squeaky ones
1: yeah let's go yeah um, I, I agree with that um and, and and i think people are realizing how powerful it it can be in other areas of their life if their health right. is in a good place like i know for myself like you know i've kind of been on my own health journey throughout my time like from university and through through where i am now mm-hmm. and when i'm like in when i'm training and i'm feeling good and i'm eating good and my mindset's in a good place and i'm mm-hmm and I'm, you know, aware of how my body's doing, like yeah. that helps me thrive. And in, in my business, that helps me thrive in my, my relationship. So like, I think people are starting to realize like well, they need to get that in check. And if they can, it can actually have a big benefit in, in all other areas of of their life.
0: Right. And I think to that, I love what you're saying. And it's something that I think a lot of people are almost scared to start, but they don't realize they have so much more to gain from just starting than they do. Like I tell I was telling a buddy of mine a couple months, like a month or two ago, a cousin of mine, we were in my gym in my garage. And I was like, uh, he was talking to me. He's like, man, I just want to get in shape. I'm like, you know, what's easy is being in shape, getting in shape sucks. You know, and it's like, it's completely new. It's intimidating. You're out of your element. You're like insecure. There's all these things and all these inside battles and demons you're facing just to get your ass to, it could be a gym. It could be anywhere but to take that, like you said, proactive approach, when you're that intimidated of something that you want to become and that you're not, it's a weird battle you have to face to like get into shape. So I think it's good that we have access now to more information and more people like yourself who are able to kind of educate people on why it's such a good idea to be healthy.
1: For sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, no doubt, man. I think um, getting started is always the hardest thing and, and, it is hard. That's the thing. I think, I think we get, you know, we see, and again, like, I feel like social media and the internet, I, I, I'm i grateful for it. it mm-hmm. I think it's, it gives a lot of opportunity for people to have access to things, but there's double-edged swords sometimes to right. it, right? So I think also people will see these, these people posting stuff on Instagram and having these successes and, and all this stuff and get, be like, Oh, they just have something that I don't have, you know, like Mm. they must be, they must just be that person that can be consistent all the time. Like, I I think I did an Instagram post about this the other day. It's like consistency is not like some some magic thing that every that, that everyone has, like you have to work hard at that. And that's the hard yeah. thing about it. Um, and you can do it, you know, like you, yeah. anyone who's listening to this can do it. It's just a matter of trying to figure out what works for them. You know, oftentimes it requires getting, getting help or support from someone else who can guide you along the way. Like, yeah. you know, I still have, I still have coaches um, in my life uh, for fitness and business and all that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, I think, I think consistency and trying to figure out how you can, Build that consistency is so important.
0: I think something that touching on your point of consistency, um, I think it was uh, like six, seven months ago. And I was kind of at like not a lull with the podcast in terms of I felt like a lull. Like I felt I was like, okay, what's going on here? Like I was happy with the guests I had had and the conversations I had had, but I'm like, I want to, I just, there's something I was missing. I was like, I, internally, right? And from the outside, it's like, oh, it just has a reoccurring guess. But then a friend of mine, a mentor of mine, good buddy, was talking to me about He's like, Did you just be consistent. He's like, for X amount of months, next six months, rest of the year, I guess what it was. So it was like in July, whatever, five, seven months. And he goes, one a week for the rest of the year. If you do that, he's like your whole, it'll not only will it grow, your shift, your confidence and everything, and it'll just get better. But you have to be able to do that and go through that. And that could be the difficulty of planning it. Or that could be like, you prioritize it when you need it to be consistent, right? Because if it's a goal of yours, and you want to take it seriously enough, if you don't make it a priority, or at least put it at the top of your priority list enough so that you can be consistent at it, it just doesn't get done, right? And you don't achieve what you want to achieve. And then you kind of feel like crap and so on and so forth so
1: totally been. yeah i've heard a term I, I didn't come up with this but like mood follows action um oh. and as you start to act and be consistent like there's going to be tons of times where you don't feel like doing it or you, you know how many times you might have not felt like recording an episode or you're yeah. tired from the week or whatever Yeah. but then like that action is what can positively change that mood and get you in the swing of things. And probably at the end of that six months period of time, as you've been consistent and you started acting more on it, that like yeah. confidence, that, that momentum, all of that started to build. And, and mm-hmm. you get to this point where you, you just feel like, you know, you're, you're in a groove and, and that's a yeah. cool place to be. That's um, great. And, yeah. And it just takes a lot of work to, to get, to get there sometimes. But when you get yeah. there, you're like, Oh, this is cool. Um, I need to ride this out as long as I can because I know at some point I'm going to crash down a little bit
0: yeah have
1: to get pulled out of it but yeah it's uh it's cool to hear that you you're able to do that
0: yeah it's a interesting like shift that you're able to or trigger you're able to pull that you can kind of go okay I want to decide I'm going to decide to do this and then you commit to it and like you said it's hard man it's not easy so it's yeah it's brutal <laughs> but once you kind of get through it and I was explaining to somebody the difference like with the motivation and discipline aspect to things. Whereas like, if you like being motivated, is the difference between a good day and a bad day. If you're having a bad day, you're not motivated. That's when you also have to show up. And then when you feel great, you also have to show up twice. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's, that's how I kind of look at that aspect of it with the consistency part. So like you said, like it could be, what is it now? Like seven thirty on a Thursday. It's like, yeah, you know, we're, we're tired, whatever. But we, you go through it and then you get into a groove, like you said, and you you feel pretty good about it. And then it all just, you have confidence and then it all just, you perform. So it's pretty Definitely. cool to see. Yeah. So what I want to know, uh, going back a bit, um, when you first opened up the clinic, I want you to talk about the importance and in terms of partnerships, like why was that? Like you end up with two, there's two yeah. other co-owners, correct? Yep so take me through the process of deciding of pulling the trigger of going okay the three of us are going to do this like how important is that process to work like what do you look for when kind of picking yeah
1: i mean it's it's uh it's it's huge because a lot of times partnerships are not not successful um and the funny thing about about our story is, um, so myself and Will, we, were the, we went to physio school together. We started the Instagram page. When we graduated, we kind of always wanted to do something with the business, but never, we didn't know exactly what it was. And we were kind of, we were working on our own. Like I was still in London. He went back to the Hamilton area to work mm-hmm. there. And our third business partner, Don, came into the mix because Will was working. Um, Will was working with Don um at at his clinic. Nice. And um <laughs> and uh he was like, hey, I, I kind of want to do something on my my own. Like, would you be interested? And Will's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm down, but I come in a package of two. Um, and so we all kind of ended up then sitting down and meeting um and talking about moving forward. And I honestly didn't really know Don that much like I had known him through Will because we were still friends and he was he was telling me about about Don and and then we kind of all sat down and connected and um you know to be honest I actually never even met Don in person um until we were like opening the business so like we already like signed a lease and everything um which which is which sounds kind of like crazy but like having (laughs) meetings and talking with with him and getting to know him and all that stuff like we all brought something and this comes to like what i think is important is we all we all brought something to the table that was different and we all complemented each other in our skill set so we were all we're all different in a sense so it allows us to thrive together like Mm -hmm. if i had the same skill set as will and will had the same skill set as don and we're all the same like we would be in in a in a Tough spot. Um, So I think that's one of the most important things is like making sure you're partnering with people who complement your skills, get bring something to the table that you don't have, so that you guys can thrive um, together. Not just pairing with someone because they're like they're your friend and you feel like oh okay this will be cool. It's Mm. like well what do they bring to the table that's going to allow you guys to move forward as a business? And I think that was one of the really important things that we all identified. And then two, we all had the same. Vision and and kind of mission as to what we wanted to accomplish in the state in the space and I think when when that was general idea was there it was very easy for us to sit down and then cultivate what like the mission and the vision of the movement is now because we all kind of had the same mindset around it and so those those two things I think were super important for us um, you know with regards to making it work and it's worked so far we've been open for a year and a half so so it's worked so far we'll see. Yeah.
0: How it goes. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. That's really. I guess you. Nah, I wouldn't say mildly reckless, but you know, that's that's pretty funny though. That you're like, but that goes to show like your like your connection and your bond with Will.
1: Yeah,
0: right. Like, and that's, I trusted
1: it. I trusted. I trusted him a lot to like. I knew. I knew like he wouldn't be putting. He wouldn't be bringing him into the fold if he wasn't someone who he really thought would help us or right. would be a good fit. Right. So, yeah, it definitely is an te- testament to, to our, our relationship,
0: which all just ultimately helps because then he gets to understand that, like, the trust you have, where it's like a partner deal. All right, let's do it. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it was longer of a decision process than that. But I was yeah. like, yeah, I think that that's really cool. um I want to switch gears and I want to talk let's about something that I haven't. Heard, I'm really curious to dive into cuz I haven't heard you talk much about it in the past um on shows on your show and then other shows you've been on but I uh, I want to talk about creativity okay yeah. I'm curious so you guys have a show right so you have a podcast you have e-learning you have that in person like setup that you have the clinic um you have like ebooks like you have you have merch right and so you have all these things and I want you to kind of tell me like take me through kind of what your creative brainstorming looks like if you guys have that from where ideas come from in your head and take me through that process to like implementing them
1: yeah it's uh it's interesting because like creativity has always been in general has always been something that I would say I didn't have a lot of um I would always like I would always like label myself as someone like, ah, I'm not creative. Like I was never, never one. I, I can't draw for anything. I couldn't play any music. Mm-hmm. I, I had, I would chalk myself off as someone who had no creativity. I was more of someone who was like playing sports, like lifting weights, like that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, but I started to realize like <clears throat> entrepreneurship in itself allowed me to like cultivate a creative spirit in like, right looking at the bigger vision of the brand and looking at, okay, how does like, you know, the visual look of our brand align with like the values that we have. And then how does that come into play in the physical form and the words Mm -hmm. that we use in the clinic? How does that align with like, what's on our website? And like, there's a lot of different like creative aspects that go into making sure that all aligns and and makes sense. And, and we're very intentional with that here. Um, And I think that's been cool for me, cause I've enjoyed that. and It's allowed me to explore that creative side. And I think how we operate is Will is someone who creates all of our, our content and our graphics, and he's got a lot of creativity within him. So we'll kind of sit down and work off of, and Don as well, but we'll, we'll sit down and work off of each other and come up with ideas and thoughts that um, Will can then take and put into actual physical form or, or create it. Um, And so it's, it's a lot of like me and Dawn bringing ideas to the surface. And then Will is able to take those ideas and um, use his skills to make it in like the physical form, whether it be like a piece of content or um, our, our merch and, and all that kind of stuff.
0: Interesting. That man, I think it's so important over the years, I've noticed how Huge it is the idea because everybody has ideas. I was talking to my older brother about this. Every time I see him, we kind of go back and forth on this uh subject, but we go through like the importance of it's huge, everybody has ideas, right? Like we all have things we want to do or things we want to say or see, right? Or create in this case. Talk to me about the importance of being able to actually physically implement things that you think of in your head. Like, what is that? look like to you like how important is that process oh yeah i mean
1: that's that's super important and i would say like me personally i'm i'm much of more of like a big picture kind of um, guy where I'm always thinking of like, okay, where can, where can I take, you know, where can we take this business or what can I do next to challenge myself or looking like big picture? And that's great for creating ideas. Right. But Mm -hmm. putting those into action is always something that I've personally like struggled with in in my life and and in business and something I've tried to, to be better at. Um, and it's a matter of just like, you know, forcing yourself to do some of those things. Like you, you know how I started doing, it was like, okay, if I have these ideas, if I have five ideas, I have to at least pick one of them and try it and do it and see, and see what happens. Um, I can't, I can't just be continually creating more ideas without actually implementing anything. And once you start to implement things is where you start to learn, okay, is this something you want to continue to pursue? Is this worth it? Is it not worth it? Um, That kind of stuff. And then again, like aligning yourself with people who are better at taking action. So I would say someone like Will or Dawn are, are good compliments to me because they're like, okay, cool. That's a great idea, but what are we going to do next to make this like actionable? Um, Uh And that that's helped me to, uh, to get better at that.
0: Right and understand that process. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's awesome. Now tell me about the weekly D show. How did that get started? Like tell us. Yeah. Tell us all yeah. about it. It.
1: <laughs> it kind of ties into like it kind of ties into that creativity piece because like I um we started I started doing podcasts when myself and Will launched PT Coffee Cast when we were in physio school. And um we really had a blast like connecting with people and talking and I started to really, really enjoy that and, and, and actually thrive on, on creating good conversation. And um, I found it as a creative outlet, like how to, how I could continue to create good conversation, ask the right questions, where Mm -hmm. can I take a conversation to make it better? And I'm not, I'm not a master by any means, but I've definitely improved over the last couple of years. And I, I actually, I actually enjoy sitting down and, thinking about, okay, if I'm going to be interviewing you, like what questions can I ask to, to pull out your, your experiences or your stories or your learning lessons for, for, the, for the listeners? And, I, and that's in, in and of itself a, a creative thing, which I never never looked at it like that before yeah. until the last little bit. And I, I started to really um, enjoy it. And I started to learn different ways that you could do that and how you can communicate better. Um, and, and that's been, that's been really fun. So long story short, like that's kind of why I wanted to start the, the weekly D was more so I could just talk to people that I wanted to talk to. Um, so I would do interviews kind of like how you're doing them with me. Mm -hmm. Um, and then that even evolved a little bit into like, it's more of a monologue now. I haven't had an interview in a while, but I'm going to have to get you on so we can have an interview. Let's do
0: it, buddy. For sure.
1: Um, I do more monologue style now where I'm kind of just like reflecting on things that I've learned or thought about um, throughout the week. And that's mm-hmm. been fun for me just to like reflect and kind of try to get better at articulating my thoughts and words and stuff on my own.
0: I think that's something that I admire about how you do yours, like your structure with it. Um, Cause I'm like every week or every week interview like a person. Right. And so I love it for the meeting the meeting new people right the connection and I craved it bad I didn't realize how much I depended on it but when I like with COVID and how it kind of all pandemic and we all I was grateful enough that my like I work in an industry that I can still be out and about right Mm -hmm. with the modified whatever's um but with that I found how bad we need it and I like how you do yours because there's still a it's consistent it's an every week right And so it's in the name. We know when it comes out, right? Like every week. So doing that and me kind of seeing how you have those like self-talk reflections, I because I'm trying to still like, I don't want to necessarily stick with the I just interview somebody every like every week. I kind of want to switch it up and try different like realms of creativity and like see how if i did once a week but every second week i interviewed somebody and then there's like a the inner like this almost talking to yourself in a way right how -hmm. do you how do you kind of go about preparing for one of those like solo episodes
1: um yeah i uh i'll just usually like it's 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 become a little easier because it's more of like things that are happening in the moment for me I'll be like oh this would be good for me to talk about or think about and honestly it's more like a learning experience for me to just get them out of my head um and if anyone else can kind of take take anything away from it cool but um you know I'll write down a couple key points that I want to hit on and um and then even just like a theme or a thought that I wanted to get out and like kind of have that written in a notebook and then I'll kind of just like I'll kind of just riff off of that and 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 see if if something kind of comes out of it. Sometimes it's okay. Sometimes it's probably not the greatest, but that's kind of part of the process. I've definitely got better at like understanding how you can set those things up by okay if you have a theme like maybe you're gonna at the start of the podcast like lay out what that topic is going to be and then mm. you kind of then you lay out okay i'm going to talk about these three things so that people understand and then you're talking about those three things and at the end after you've gone through all those you're going to summarize a couple key points from those topics that you hit on or those thoughts that you hit on so that it kind of makes sense but yeah that's just stuff that I'm still working on. Like I'm again, I'm no master at it. It's definitely a lot. It's definitely a lot harder to, to do like a monologue as opposed to an interview, um, which has just challenged me. Um, And I, and I enjoy that because I think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of power to be able to like articulate your thoughts and your words effectively. And it's something that I want to continue to get better at. So it's almost like practice.
0: And do you think on top of that too, that makes you more self-aware in the long run?
1: I I would like to think so. Right. Like if you're constantly, if you're constantly reflecting on the the things that are going on in your life, the experiences that you're having, I think it can make you be a little bit more self-aware of, of things for sure.
0: Yeah. Maybe like the behaviors or the patterns that you do be like, Oh, this is the 19th time I've done this. What happened that week that caused me to fail at this again? Right. Almost. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's a, like sometimes, I don't know if, how long you would have to go through or how many episodes you have to go through to almost figure that out. But I'm sure at some point our behavioral, like we have internal behavioral cues that switch on and go, Oh, I shouldn't have done that. Right. And we are like, Oh, well, not doing that again. And then come back full circle. Right.
1: Oh, for sure. Man. If it's like your, your seventh, you know, podcast in a row where you're like, shit, I haven't trained in seven weeks. Like, (laughs) <laughs> probably you to go do something
0: you know? yeah, get off your ass and go to the gym or something yeah he's nice what is some like what is a skill from podcasting that you've noticed that you've gained like what is a weird skill because i got one i want to share with you and i but i want to hear yours first
1: yeah i would say i wouldn't necessarily say it's weird but i would say that like um listening, like truly listening to what people have yeah. to say is is definitely like a skill that I've improved on. And like, again, I, I'm continuing to improve on um, as I do more, but for sure, because like, again, trying to um, listen to what the individual is saying so that you can either one, like dive deeper into that or two, like play off of what they're saying to continue to have the flow of the the interview going or mm-hmm. truly trying to understand where someone's coming from. Like, I think that has been one of the the, the biggest skills I've learned and most effective things that are uh, skill that translates over to my everyday life. Like whether it be at my job, whether it be in relationships, all that kind of stuff. So that that's definitely the top one for sure.
0: Oh, that's awesome. I was just gonna say like, um, and you touched on it a bit with uh, being able to like think and almost rebuttal at the same time where, it's a weird under, it's probably one of the most underrated communication skills that I've seen, right? We talk about body language, you talk about whatever, but we don't actually talk about the actual skill of listening and how powerful it is. I found just almost half between the ability to retain information easier, but then there's this weird thing going on and I've been more aware of it as I've kind of gone through like more episodes in the last like three, four months, but it's the ability to kind of know where you want the show's direction to go while still actively listening and then curating at the same simultaneously a question based, because I don't know what you're going to say, right? Like you can't, I can't control that. So it's actively listening, being able to kind of go, but whatever you say, then taking it to where the structure of the show or for what the goal of the conversation is you want, right? So it's a weird... A weird thing that i became aware of in the last couple months and i'm like whoa listening's crazy
1: yeah and that's the that's that's the fun part about i think podcasting and like where the creative sense comes from and you can tell you can tell when you listen to people who are conversations where people are good at interviewing or good at listening because the flow of the conversation is almost seamless whereas if you have an interview, someone who maybe isn't as great of an interviewer, or not as experienced or maybe isn't truly listening like you can tell that it's choppy and i've started to really appreciate people who are good at interviewing and having conversations and how much that skill allows for the experience of the listener to be better um hmm. and they're doing a lot of things that you don't realize as a listener that's allowing for it to be a good experience and, yeah. and i find that to be
0: pretty cool it is isn't it like there's a lot of things that when I look at, I'll watch videos or I'll listen for those cues that you're talking about where like, if the per, is it choppy? Is there like gaps is, can you tell one person's like waiting to speak or listening? Right. And that's a, that's a huge one that I've ran into before. And I'm sure I've been guilty of this before, as is everybody where somebody's talking to them. They're like, I have something to say more often than not in an argument or you have something like on the tip of your tongue, you're ready to say, and you're just not registering what they said. Right, And it's, it's a weird thing, but as I've kind of gotten more into the space and stuff now, whenever I listen to, I almost prefer, like, if you don't really have a podcast or I don't know you well enough, or I haven't seen you in interviews before, more often than not, I don't want to hear, I don't want to have a conversation with those people. It's tricky, right? Like you have to be selective. Whereas like for you, for your example, you have a show, you've been doing it. So, I know kind of how you do things and stuff, and it's awesome. So, it makes it, I'm like, okay, this could be effortless. And then, like with athletes and stuff, it's like I hear them in interviews and I hear kind of, are they relaxed? Or that's why we do the phone call or the video chat before recording. So, I can kind of get the energy and be like, is this, how are we going to go? Is, you know, is this going to be relaxed? Are we just going to have a good conversation? Or are you just going to model, like, try to, like spread some monologue on me and not really peel back layers, right? So Mm -hmm. it's a tricky yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think it's cool. Like I I hear what you're saying. And I think it's cool from what I try to do sometimes with people who might not be as great or as open of conversations. It's like, okay, how can I use my my skill set of having a conversation or or asking questions to almost see if I can pull something out of that person. Right. Like Mm -hmm. every interaction every interaction you have with someone in, in essence is a podcast and it's like, I'm not going out to the street and just interviewing people, but you know, you've, you, you have conversations with people and they're kind of a yeah. like, little reserved. It's like, maybe there's something, you know, you could pull out of that person by asking them a couple questions that, you know, they wouldn't expect or using some of those communication skills to, uh, to pull something out of them.
0: One thing I found in the research to be able to do what you're talking about, um... Cause I've researched like a lot of when it comes to like co- small talk with people is a big one, right? Small talk and small talk of people you admire, right? Like being able to kind of make those conversations. Cause ideally if we can have conversations with anybody, no matter what social status, then it kind of makes it, that's effortless. Right. And then you're able to grow. And one of the things I read that was like huge was complimenting the person right away, Oh yeah. but not like a, a platonic physical compliment a like something about their personality or their energy or their work that they've done like their career and stuff mm-hmm. like that and that it kind of sets the tone right away of okay this because there's a lot of like unwritten or unspoken stuff going on between people when they're in an interaction in person and they're like should i be intimidated i don't know how to how do i feel out this new environment i've never been in before And then it's like, oh, hey, man, you know, I really like your work you're doing. It's like, oh, this, they kind of loosen up a bit. And I've seen this where they drop their shoulders a bit. It's like you met me once or twice or once on the phone or FaceTime. And then now you're going to be in my garage for an hour and a half chatting with me. You know, like people like they're a bit tense. So start talking, start making jokes, kind of loosen up. And then you get into the flow of things and it pays off.
1: Yeah, man, I think it's a good skill. I think it's a good skill to have.
0: So what I want to know, and I really am really curious to pick your brain about this. You are training for an ultra, correct? I am, yeah. So that's insane to me, Dalton. It's insane to me too, man. (laughs) So man, um, that's 100 kilometers of running, correct? For anybody.
1: Well, yeah, like I It's basically anything over uh, technically anything over a marathon, which is forty-two point two kilometers or something, is is considered like an ultra. So like most people, like the first kind of ultra step is like a fifty k, and then you'll see people do like a hundred k. Then you'll see people do like a hundred mile, and then I know there's people that even do like two hundred mile like races. So that's kind of more of what the ultra means i set the goal of trying to accomplish a hundred kilometer um ultra race and within hopefully by september is like my goal
0: nice so what's that training process been like for you let's talk about i want to compartmentalize this because i want to talk about the mental specifically but i want you to tell me about the process of the physical first yeah what's that like so it's
1: been it's been like a long kind of so I started running basically when COVID hit, um, and just because like, I didn't really like training in front of the TV and I didn't really have access to the gym. So I started running and I basically set the goal of running a half marathon, which I've done before. And then I ended up doing my first marathon, nice. um, within that kind of time period. Um, and then after that, I, I did like a, a sprint triathlon. Cause I thought maybe I wanted to get into like triathlon stuff. And then I ended up doing not like kind of on a whim, kind of not on a whim, but it was like a, a competition or, or like a thing that was going on called the backyard ultra, um, which is basically like you run a 6.75 kilometer loop every hour on the hour um, until you quit. So basically like you could go for as long as you could. And that's where I got my first like ultra marathon, bug i guess and I, I ended up doing like 80 kilometers total
0: geez dude way to go yeah with yeah
1: with the goal of doing 100 kilometers like my goal was to do 100 and I, I missed that so that's kind of what's kept me moving towards wanting to do 100 kilometers um in terms of what the training looks like it's just a lot of running bro like i'm running like i'm running <laughs> five to six days a week so it's yeah, just like a lot of running, running.
0: Oh, geez. Hey, do you, what's your, uh, now, is it a rest day, like a lazy day? Or is that a recovery day you take off? Like, what's your recovery look like for that?
1: Uh, so usually like I'll run, I'm usually doing something every day. So I'll, I'll run five times a a week right now. And then I'll strength train usually like two to three days a week within, in my week somewhere. Um, usually, usually like I'll have, trying to think maybe like i'll have mondays and thursdays off running but i'll usually do like some form of activity or movement or exercise on those days
0: so nice do you um now take me through because what i'm so a friend of mine is going to attempt this summer to swim around to circumnavigate the largest manitoulin island circumnavigate the largest um, freshwater island in the world i believe um pretty sure and that's 350 kilometers open water swim on lake Huron. so Damn. me as a good friend i'm like dude i want to challenge my like kind of i've swam open water before and i was like up till i was like 15 16 just kind of steered away from it just mentally it was like the anxiety kicks in a little too much back then so i said as a challenge i want to swim 10k with you and so ever since I kind of spoke that into what has been now training for it, so I'm in it now, dude, but I want to know, and I've been fascinated when it comes to people who do these distances, these crazy distance, um, like events, what is that mental preparation? Like, and I know you made a post about this recently and you talked about it a bit and I want to know, share to us, if you don't mind, what's that mental process look like to kind of building that grit for such yeah. a long amount of time
1: i mean i'm still like in the process of i would say building that because like i haven't really like i have i've done some stuff where i've challenged myself mentally but i think i'm continuing to learn how to to kind of battle those things and it definitely is is challenging um and you know for me like i did share share a little bit on this because I, I recently had like a really tough run mm-hmm. where like mentally what i was challenged and you know a couple of things that have really helped me through the the mental side of things is like you know preparation so preparing yourself like one making sure you're prepared physically to do it but also like when it comes to being doing an endurance feat for a long period of time like nutrition becomes a big factor into it um so so like making sure that like my nutrition's prepared making sure that I have the right like attire on make sure like, um, you know, I'm bringing a headlamp if I'm going to be out at night. So like those types of things, I think, because it's really easy to quit when you're like, you're mentally tired and you're like, well, ah, you know, I don't really have enough fuel to get through this, so I'm not going to be able to do it. Or, Mm -hmm. "Oh, I forgot my headlamp. It's getting dark. I got to, I got to cut out, you know? Um, so I think it kind of eliminates those like little excuses that you can have. So I think Mm -hmm. preparation is like one thing. Um, and then a big thing for me is just breaking it down into like really small parts. So, you know, if you have like a, A 32 or 35 kilometer run, which was like one of the runs that I did where I I struggled. It's like, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to look at it as a 35 kilometer run. I'm going to look at it in six K increments because every six kilometers I'm going to do like, I'm going to fuel. So I would look at it like, okay, I'm just going to do a at six K I'm going to fuel. And then my next goal is like, get to the next fuel station, which is 12 K right. Instead of like, Mm -hmm. Oh man, I still have 30 more kilometers to go. Right. And then even within that, I'll break it down even smaller. Like once you really, once I really start struggling, it's like, okay, I just need to make it to, this loop like if i'm doing a loop it's like i need to make it to this point of the loop cool i made it there now how do i make it to the next point in that loop and i literally think about it in like that small of increments so Interesting. i would say i would say that's another thing that i'll do and then lastly is just kind of pulling on past experiences like i think we talked a little bit about this like i call it earned confidence it's like you mm-hmm. have to put yourself yourself into positions um, to, to fail or struggle so that you can then use that in the future when you go to be in a tough position. So I think just have exposing myself to challenging things in the past. It's like, okay, like, I know I've been through challenging things in in my life or, or in fitness or whatever, like I can get, I can get through this. Right. And so I think that's helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, those, those would be kind of the three things that I think are really helpful for me in terms of like overcoming the mental Mm -hmm. side of things.
0: I like the idea of breaking things down, like to literally it's like just one stroke at a time or one step at a time. Like instead of like you say, yeah, it gets overwhelming and then overwhelming you get stressed out and then you get anxious and then you start to (sighs) creep up excuses and the excuses could be justified. Well, they are in your head more often than not. Right. So it's one of those things I'm like, Ooh, it's tricky. And when you mention the confidence Like almost uh, when you and Jillian, our mutual friend talked about it on your show, she mentioned that her mentor said something about a confidence bucket, if you recall, Mm. right? And Mm -hmm. that is putting experiences or things that you've challenges, like you said, that you've overcome and things that you've failures that you've had that you've gained from and lessons you've learned into that bucket. And then you just kind of allow that to fuel you one step at a time.
1: Yeah, I love that. Yeah, for sure.
0: So um, so as we kind of go towards the end of this, what I'm curious about is, do you have a piece of like, whether it be advice or a lesson that somebody has given you, that's kind of, um, in your, like after college, before college phase that has stuck with you and stood the test of time. It was like played true every, uh, every time.
1: That's a good question, man
0: um
1: after college um off the top of my head I can't really think about like in that moment that's kind of like stood the test of time but one thing that I always often come back to and um you know has really impacted me a lot over the the last like probably five years of my life is just like the idea of like exploring, exploring things that, you know, you feel like you want to, um, I'm trying to think of how I can word this. Right. Um, Like if you have that feeling of something that you want to do or, or a Mm -hmm. thought or an idea, it's like that, that kind of keeps coming back to you, like explore that. Don't ignore it. Um, and see where it can take you because for me that idea of like starting something on my own or going out and, and um, putting content out on Instagram or mm-hmm. starting a podcast is always like this little idea that was in my mind that kept coming back and kept coming back. And, you know, you, I ignored it for a period of time and then eventually yeah. was like, all right, let's just kind of explore this. And I explore that. And that's led to I, uh, everything that I have right now and, and has set me up for, hopefully what will be a, like a great lifetime. Right. So yeah. none of that would be possible if I didn't like explore that. So I think a lot of times people have that little thought or that voice or that idea in their head, but it gets shut down by whether it be society's norms of like, well, you'll never be able to do that. Or it's like your parents in your ear being like, well, just go get a real job. Or it's usually that whether, one. Yeah. Whether it's your friends who are like, bro, you're crazy. Like you're not going to be able to do that. Or, you know, everyone kind of wants to, to shut those things down. And I think exploring those things are, are super important. And if at the end of it, it ends up not being something that you want to do or you fail at it or it doesn't yeah. work out. It's like, all right, cool. At least we, we explored it and saw what yeah. could have potentially come from it. right? And did you
0: learn from it? And if you did great, because more often than not you still learn from it, right? It's never a real, real loss. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Dude,
0: that's awesome. I really like that. I think that's huge. And I think what's really cool is, um, or what will be really cool is when I get to go down to Hamilton and train with you guys. I want to see. Yeah. I want. I want to check out the place. Um, I really get a kick out of facilities like yours, so I'm uh, I'm super stoked to uh, check it out in person in the next couple months when I uh, make my way down. So it's uh, yeah, man, man. that'd be stoked. awesome. I'd be pumped. So I think that would be I think it'd be really cool. It's power of uh, social media there. So. Definitely. Um yeah, man. So I uh where can people find you as we kind of wrap this up? Or, uh, yeah, so
1: people, yeah, best place to follow like me personally would be Instagram, um, which would be like dlano.93. Um, I also have my my personal podcast that I do called the weekly D show. So you guys can check that out. Um and then if you wanna take a look at like my business um we put out a ton of free content there uh around health around exercise all that kind of stuff it's at the movement pts um we've been posting content there for years now so if you guys are interested in that stuff we'd love to have you check it out um shoot us a dm any anything like that we're always we're always open to chat so that's probably the best place
0: awesome dalton brother i'm really grateful for your time tonight um i'm super happy we were able to chat and i man i just i had a really good time and i'm uh i'm grateful you were able to uh bless us with uh what was just over an hour i think of uh of your time tonight man so i'm uh, super grateful for it so thanks buddy
1: thanks i appreciate it man it's always uh it's always interesting to be on the other side of the, the conversation yeah. and i'm not often on the other side of the conversation so i, I love giving interviews because it helps me build up uh build up that skill on articulating my thoughts and in, in words and stuff so i appreciate that and i appreciated the uh the good dad joke you dropped in at the start so so everything was good man <laughs> so thank you
0: epic right on brother appreciate it